from James. Introduce yourself. At least that's out of the way. So James has definitely set a standard for us to introduce ourselves. But um, what I want to do this morning is I want to just tie in the last two Sundays into this morning before I start. And for some of you that weren't here last Sunday and the previous Sunday, so Mike shared two weeks ago, and he spoke on finances and um, being a good steward. But the the underlining pin of that was um, basically having good discipline um, and being a person of discipline. And that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit is have self-control. Um, and then last week, Barnes, um preached and he spoke on taking possession of the land. So he's um, saying that in a, when we find the quiet place of God and we're spending time with God, that we get encouraged by God and that we can take possession of the land and the promises that God has for us. And um, so I'm going to carry on from that. Because um, we need discipline um, to be spending time with the Lord. We need discipline to be good stewards of the Lord. Um, And then to take possession of the land, sometimes there's a few things that we get faced with, and those are called giants. And I want to tell you a little story. I'm not going to read the whole story out of the Bible. I'm just going to give you a a bit of a summary story for some of you that don't know. But uh, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt because they were being persecuted by Pharaoh at the time. And if I've got my numbers right, there were about 600,000 Israelites that Moses led out um, of Egypt. And um, just think of it, we probably about 130 people here. So 600,000. So just imagine, we're all going to go pack our tents, our trailers, run to macro, buy some food, get what we need, pack the vehicle, and we all, 600,000, we all move at the same time together in hope that God is freeing us from this terrible place that we're living in. we slaves, we, um, you know, we, we have to uh, fight for our food. It's not like you get a little stamp and you go stand in a line and you get a McDonald's burger or something like that. It's, it's not a nice environment. And in this journey, they start to complain because they start to realize this is not as fun as I thought it was. So, I mean, who knows, December holidays, that first uh, hour or two you leave your house, everyone's amped. Yes. And then six hours into the trip, everyone's like, how far is it? When are we going to get there? I need a toilet break. I need something to drink. Um, And that's what it was like for them. And um, obviously along the way, they then started to turn to different things. They started to turn to idols. They started to turn to complaining. Um, And they forgot that their sandals never, ever wore through. They forgot that. They forgot that they had manna every single day. They forgot that. They forgot there was a cloud covering that God provided for them. So they looked at the things they never had. It was... It was to a point that they looked back and said, Pharaoh is actually not such a bad place. I want to go back to where I came from. And, um, but there was one man in that 600,000. And it wasn't even Moses. It was a young man at the time. He was 40 years old when this whole thing started. His name was Caleb. Um, and he was one man that understood something. He understood the faithfulness of God, 
he understood discipline and he understood that the possession, the promise that God had set for them, that God would honor that promise and he would take possession of the land. So we're going to look at a character of a man and we're going to look into who he was. Um, and there's a scripture in the Bible, um, I just want to read it here, it's, um, sorry, I've got to get them right here, let's see, Numbers 13, verse 30, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it, that's a man who has faith and courage in God. Okay, so there was 12 men that were sent to scout the land. 12 came back, and one man said, we can take the land. The 11 were like, no, you don't understand. There's giants, there's they, um, skilled fighters, there's walls, um, we have challenges. I just want to remind us, this, where he went and scouted the land, Caleb was in his 40s. They still roamed the desert for another 40 years after that. And the only reason why they roamed the desert for 40 years is because they were unfaithful. They complained. They were unhappy. They didn't believe in the promises God had for them. They looked at the things they never had. Not, they didn't look at the things that God provided. And God made that journey long. So I think we must take something from that. Some, all of us here today, we are on a journey. God has put us on a journey And when we committed our lives to the Lord, he said, I have a plan and I have a purpose for you. And every day you get up, you're on that plan and purpose that the Lord has for you. It's up to us whether we want to make it short or whether we want to make it long. So I'm going to be honest with you, maybe a bit vulnerable, but I've been like the Israelites. I've complained. I've said, God, I don't have when I've had, I don't have enough. When I've had enough, I've looked at other people and said, but they do it better than I do. Lord, why you bless them and not me? I've done those things. And God then challenges our hearts. And luckily for us, we don't have to do uh, what they had to do in the Old Testament, go and slaughter cows and go and do altars and that. We get before Jesus. We repent before Jesus. The blood of the lamb has been slain on the cross for us. We don't have to do the things they had to do in those days. And we're blessed because of that. Um, So the character of of Caleb, um, if we look at uh, Joshua 14 verse 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said, this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the desert, so here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. That's a character. That's solid character. Because I can promise you, I don't know if I would be saying that at 85 I'd be saying, Lord, you you gave us the promised land. You said you would take us out of Egypt. You said you would make it good for us. And 40 years later, we're still not in the promised land. I would want to give up. I would want to go like, geez, what's the point of this? And sometimes if we look at our lives, we have 
things that God has promised us. Sometimes it's prophecy. Sometimes it's like desires in our hearts. Um, when I was preparing for this, um, it kept coming up as I was preparing and praying for it. And, and I had a very short time to put this together. But it's, I'm going to use the example. It's, um, it's like a woman who wants to fall pregnant, but she can't fall pregnant. The desires in her heart. I'm not saying all women, but most women want to have a child of their own. So there's this desire to want to fall pregnant. And sometimes it's like you have this thing and it's just not happening. It's just not happening. And you become despondent and you start to get angry at God. And you become displacent in in your situation. You start giving up on the dreams and promises that you have. You know, and... um, I don't know why I kept getting this thing about a, a, a pregnant woman being angry with God, or, or sorry, a woman desiring to be pregnant and not becoming pregnant and being angry at God for that. Um, I don't know why, but if it's something for you. Um, so the, the characteristic of Caleb that um, stood out for me was he was a man filled with faith. And um, he was a man filled with courage. And uh, he had determination. How do we know he had determination? He was 40 years old when he saw the promised land, and he only entered it at 85. That's determination. So if we look at what Ritzy said earlier, she said the seed has to die before that seed can actually become something. And if we look at the journey they went on, there was a lot of dying to self that had to happen over the period of time. Some of them learnt it earlier than others, and some of them just never learnt it. So if we look at the 600,000 Israelites that left, just imagine the journey. There was babies, there was young, there was middle-aged, there was old. And you saw, in 40 years, you saw the full cycle. New babies, babies getting older, older dying off. And people, did, and they just kept going around and around for 40 years. I thought of that when I was reading that. And I thought to myself, yes, man, that must have been crazy. <laughs> I would have thought, no, Lord, you've, you've, you've disappeared. You've left me here to die. <laughs> um, so the thing is that when um, Moses sent the 12 uh, um, spies and the 12 came back, um, and you saw what Caleb said. He's like, no, we can take the land. And the, and the 11 said, no, but you don't understand. There's these giants that's there. And uh, we will not be able to take that land. And sometimes that's a picture of who we are as people. We look at our situations and we look at our life and we see the giants in our lives. We're not like Caleb that came back filled with zeal, filled with hope saying, I saw the fruit, I saw the land, I saw the opportunity that the Lord had for me. We can conquer this land. we like sometimes the 11 that comes back and we go like, Lord, I know you promised me um, a wife, but Lord, my skewed teeth is never going to get me a wife, Lord. We look at the things that's not going to help us. But we've got to learn to be a people, like to be a character of Caleb that comes back and says, God, in you I trust, in you I hope. I know that the dreams and the plan that you have for me, they will come true. He was a perfect example of that. 
And um, something I wrote here was that, and it's happened in our own, in my life. I've been in Josh Gen for 24 years. I've been saved for 24 years. Um, and church is an interesting place. There's a few guarantees I'll give you. You will get offended. It's guaranteed. If you think it's not guaranteed, I promise you it's guaranteed. I've got 24 years experience in that. The second thing is you're going to be let down by people. People are going to let you down. It's going to happen. You're going to be unhappy. People are going to say things that you're going to question and not understand. Church is a place where our character gets shaped. God never said when we give our hearts to the Lord and we go on this journey, it was going to be easy. When I read the Israelites leaving Egypt, I'm like, God, this is such a picture of our journey with you. We leave our unsaved life, which is us being in in Egypt, and now we're on the journey to the promised land. What is the promised land? There's two things I'm touching on here. One is the plans and the dream God has for you. The other one is one day when we pass on from here and we go to heaven and we be with Jesus. There's that other promised land. And we've got to ask ourselves, when we look at our lives and we look at the, the promises God has and we doubt them, is it because we have fear? Talking about the eight-foot wave in the prayer meeting. You've got two choices on that eight-foot wave. You can say, I'm, not, I'm just not doing this. This is out of my league. I don't do eight-foot, I do one-foot. This is way out of my league. Or you can say, I'm, I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to take courage, and I'm going to do this. And that courage we have, we're lucky. We know where that courage comes from. We're not like someone who doesn't know. We have no light that, that we can follow. Jesus is the light. He gives us courage. God puts courage in us. Like Caleb had that courage and that willingness to want to conquer the land, we have that in us. So I want to encourage us today, don't have fear in the things of God. When your dreams look like they're fading or the plans that God has for you are fading, don't give up. Have courage. God is with you. And if you are uncertain... Um, and you have this nervousness and the stress that's following you around. I work um, in sales, um, and our job is to deal with people. And I can tell you, it's probably the, the most underestimated skill in the world is working with people. And um, I can see over the years of being in sales the anxiety that people live with. It's gotten more and more and more. Life has got faster and faster and faster. And if we look at the things of God and the plans he has for us, and we have anxiety about not having it, or we have this nervous feeling of like, God, are you going to come through for me? God, are you going to honor your word? We must look to God and ask for forgiveness because God will come through for us. If you have courage and you trust in him, he will come through for you. And so some of the things I thought of, you know, that we maybe uh, get faced with in life that's challenging. And um, sometimes losing a loved one can really be quite a deep hurt to us. Sometimes finances, the loss of finances. My wife and I experienced this two years ago. We lost 25 years worth of savings. It was, could have destroyed our lives, could have taken us away from Jesus. But we made a family decision, 
I've got three boys, Sam and Ezekiel, they're here, and Benjamin. As a family, we stood before God, and we knew that it was God's at the end. It was taken from us, but he can give it back. We didn't lose courage. We didn't lose faith. We pressed forward. Sometimes, like I said earlier, it's desiring to have a child as a woman, and you don't fall pregnant, but everyone around you is falling pregnant. It's like my friend there, Michelle. She's got a good friend that's got cancer. That having someone get sick and knowing who they are, knowing the person deeply. We've had people in our congregation pass on from this world because of cancer. Those are things that can drive fear into us. Those are things that can take our eyes off God and say, God, but why? Sometimes relationship with families. Let's be honest, families are not easy to deal with. <laughs> I call them the outlaws, in-laws, or the mother, <laughs> or the mother-in-law. You know, in family, there's always a bit of strife in the family. And sometimes families stop talking to each other. Sometimes there's people who are sitting here today that have had things with their family and they haven't reconciled them. Those are things that when we, those are things that we have to overcome. And it's, an, it's a picture of when we want to take the promised land, the plans and the purpose that God has for us. And we face these giants. These are things that we have to have victory over. Caleb wasn't given the promised land on a plate. He didn't get a key to a gate. And God said, there's the key into the promised land. There was trucks waiting, labor waiting to pick the harvest. His house was built on the hill with everything he needed, fridge full. It wasn't like that. He had to be skillful. He had to know how to wear a sword. He had to know how to go to battle. And he had to have courage. He had to have faith in God. He had to be willing to take it on. And that's like us. When we look at our situations and we see the challenge in it, reconciling a relationship. The, the, the realism of losing a loved one, facing those things. You have to look to God and you have to overcome those things. So in my life, if, um, sorry, just one more thing before I will tell you this. The other one was marriage. Sometimes in our own marriages, we have challenges. Sometimes our marriage is a giant. For those of you that are newly married, you'll still get there. If you haven't had trouble in your marriage, then you haven't learned to become one, like the Bible says. Because sometimes that becoming one takes a bit of work. It's like iron sharpens iron. <laughs> and sometimes that could be a giant in your life. Actually looking for help and saying, can you help me with my marriage? Sometimes a parent, being, you know, your, your children don't want to, you're not getting on with your child, your teenager, your, your, older, your older, older child, you know. Those are maybe challenges in your life. But I believe in God that you can have victory. And I believe in God that he'll give you courage that you can overcome that thing. So a story in our lives as a family was recent. And I wanted to share it with you because it's, it's real to us. It, it is a giant that we didn't expect. And these things happen. On the 6th of January, uh, Samuel and I went for a run in Still Bay. And we got back at 5 o'clock. And 5.30 my phone rang. And my nephew, Caleb, um, eight years old, had died. 
and our family was shattered over it. It's the first time in our family we've experienced um, a child death like that. He wasn't sick. He was a healthy young boy, filled with energy, filled with the love of God. And um, it was a tragic accident that killed him on the 6th of January at 5 o'clock. And um, obviously I'm a person that some things take a while to sink in. And uh, I was trying to process it and um, work through it. And immediately my concern was my brother. It's my twin brother. That's his son. And uh, I worried that, that the accident involved him. It was completely an accident. But he blamed himself for it. The giant in that situation for us as a family was like, why God? Why did you do this to us? You know? He's only eight years old. We serve your kingdom. We do what you ask us to do, Lord. We're faithful. We come to church. We pay our tithes, God. We lead a home group. We try and help people where there is. Why, God, why did you do this to us? Why did you take him from us? Gone too soon for us. And um, sitting with my brother, we're 41, grown man, heartbroken. His life is completely shattered. His eight-year-old son died in his arms while he was trying to save him, dead. We will never see him again. But in eternity, he lives. And I sat with my brother and I said to him, for us, we have courage and faith because we know where Caleb is. He's with Jesus right now. We will not see him again on this earth, but one day when we pass on from this earth, we will see him again. And I said to my brother, the difficult part now is to fight the giants that are in front of us for us to conquer the land that God has for us. And sometimes in your own life, it doesn't have to be this dramatic that we've gone through. Sometimes it can be a small thing, like I said earlier. It can be fear. It can be, um, you know... um, your marriage, it could be finances, it could be relationships. But we've got to be like the Caleb's out there that were filled with courage. And he was willing to face the giants. He was willing to endure. Just think of it. He was in the desert for 40 years. He was the only, him and... Um, um, Caleb and Joshua were the only two that entered the promised land out of 600,000 Israelites when they started. Just think of that, guys. In 40 years, he was disciplined. He was faithful. He kept his heart right with God. He looked to God. He was, and, and he went through that knowing that he was faithful in God and he knew that the reason why they were still in the desert was because the people were sinning against God. He endured all that. And at the end, the victory was, out of 600,000 people, two got to enter the promised land. And so I want to ask you today, God has a promise for you and God has a plan for you. And sometimes those plans and those dreams, and they seem far, 
and they seem difficult. We look at our situations and we think to ourselves, how, Lord? But God can do it. God can, he can lead you through the things that he has for you. So I want to ask you today, can someone play the guitar for us? Mike, can you? Or, yeah, sorry, Roger. <laughs> so as he plays, I want us to, to think about this and, and to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts this morning. It's like Ritzy said, that seed must die in order for it to grow. And um, that sometimes that seed of dying is us actually acknowledging that we do not want to face the things that are in front of us. And that sometimes that acknowledgement is repentance and bringing ourselves to a point where we say, God, forgive me, help me. Guys, we can't do this alone. Don't think once that this, this, uh, the, the Caleb was a, uh, was a war hero. He, don't think that. God was with him. He just knew how to lean on the things of God. He just knew how to keep his eyes on God, and God did the rest for him. And that's all we have to do is we've got to come before God. We've got to be vulnerable and honest with him. And we've got to ask him, Lord, please help me to overcome the giants that are in my life and that I'm facing so that I can enter the promised land that you have for me. And sometimes that promised land can be here. And sometimes that promised land will be with him. So I want to ask you, if you want prayer this morning and you want us to encourage you and pray for you, um, I want to ask you to stand and be bold. The reason why I ask you to stand is standing doesn't do anything but what it does do is, I believe personally, it's a step you take in your spirit. It's a step you take publicly. And you make a statement spiritually when you say, I'm willing to stand. And I'm willing to humble myself before God and say, God, can these friends and family around me pray for me and encourage me so that you can overcome these things. So I want to ask if there's something in there, there's something that I've said this morning that's spoken to your heart and you feel it I want to ask you to be bold and stand and then I want to ask those of you around them I want you to be bold as well and I want you to pray for them and I want you to encourage them because God wants to come today and God wants to heal and God wants to move us forward as a church so guys, when you see someone standing, Robbie behind you, you guys can put your hands and arms on them and encourage them, pray for them. Father, we bring everyone that's standing before you this morning, Father. And we ask you, Lord, that as they be obedient, God, and they surrender their hearts to you, Lord, we ask that your spirit would move amongst them this morning, God. Lord, that your spirit would bring healing, God. And your spirit would give them courage, Lord. Lord, that they would not lose hope, God. And they would not lose sight of you, Father. Lord, that they would be encouraged this morning, God. That they can be the Caleb's that are willing, Father. 
willing to take the hill, God, that they're faced with, Lord. In you, it's possible, God. I pray that you would encourage them this morning. So doing this service this morning, I just felt like the Lord was saying, um, <laughs> I'm the father that you never had. Um, I'm the father that loved you so much that you can, the love that you can never know. Um, and uh, I want you to take my hand as I lead you. I lead you to greater stuff because there's so much more walking with me. It's a greater purpose. It's a greater calling. Let go as I show you how to conquer these giants. Because my heart is so for you. <laughs> I'm with you every step of the day, every minute, every second. My heart is for you. 